0: I want to give a big shout out to our newest Patreon members, Barbara K, Barbara H, Joanne M, Agnes C, Miriam H, Adam G, Rosa, Diane A, Derek B, Nita S, and Patty Q. Thanks so much to all of you and thanks so much to all of our Patreon members. If you'd like to experience being a Patreon member and all the benefits that come with it, go to oneufeed.net slash join. Also, in case you're just recently joining us, or however long you've been a listener of the show, you may not realize that we have over seven years of incredible episodes in our archive. We've had so many wonderful guests that we've decided to handpick one of our favorites that may be new to you, but if it's not, is definitely worth another listen. We hope you'll enjoy this episode with Carol Deweck.
1: Nothing is carved in stone. Everything can be expanded and developed.
0: Thanks for joining us. Our guest today is Carol S. Dweck, PhD. Carol is one of the world's leading researchers in the field of motivation and is the Lewis and Virginia Eaton Professor of Psychology at Stanford University. Her research has focused on why people succeed and how to foster success. Carol has held professorships at Columbia and Harvard universities, has lectured all over the world, and has been elected to the American Academy of Arts and Sciences. Her book, Mindset, is considered one of the most influential books in the psychology of success and motivation. Here's the interview. Hi, Carol. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
3: Thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us. I think this is going to be a really interesting episode for a lot of listeners. I find that this concept seems to be coming up a lot recently with people I've been talking to and working with, so I'm excited to, to get more into it. But let's start off with the parable. There's a grandfather who's talking with his grandson. He says, in life, there are two wolves inside of us that are always at battle. One is a good wolf, which represents things like kindness and bravery and love. And the other is a bad wolf, which represents things like greed and hatred and fear. And the grandson stops and he thinks about it for a second. He looks up at his grandfather and he says, grandfather, which one wins? And the grandfather says, the one you feed So I'd like to start off by asking you how that parable applies to you in your life and in the work you do.
1: It really applies to my work and my work applies to my life. Um, In my work, I've identified two different mindsets, a fixed and a growth mindset, one where you feel, oh, my qualities are just fixed. They are what they are. That's it. The other where is one in which the growth mindset is one in which you feel you can develop In a lifelong way. Um, Bad outcomes are disappointing, but they don't label you forever. And I think it's in the fixed mindset that the bad wolf is fed, that when you think everything tells you about your worth, your status, uh, your basic qualities, your ability to succeed in the future... You become fearful. You start being greedy because these are symbols of your worth, of your qualities. You start fearing things. What if I'm not good enough? You, you start um, lording it over people so you'll feel that you're better than other people. But in a growth mindset, nothing is carved in stone. Everything can be... Expanded and developed. So there, people work together. Your success is not my failure. Your um, good fortune doesn't undermine me. So I can be kind and collaborative. I can take challenges because failures don't mean negative things about me. I can be brave. So I think it really relates directly. And personally, I became a much more courageous person when I developed my growth mindset, which, of course, I developed through my work. Um, I had grown up thinking, this is fixed, that's fixed, I've got to prove this, I've got to prove that. And then you play it safe, you make sure you can succeed before you throw yourself into anything. And when I developed this idea wow, you just do throw yourself in. You see where it takes you. Uh, Almost always it takes you something uh, to a good place. You learn things about yourself. You discover that you can do things you never imagined you could do before. So this bravery, this kindness, this expansiveness comes right out of that growth mindset.
3: That makes a lot of sense. So to break down these two, so you it's pretty straightforward, but as you said, a fixed mindset tends to believe that whatever the quality is, whether it be intelligence or say musical ability or any sort of ability in general Mm -hmm. is sort of fixed. We have Uh, a natural talent. talent. Yep. We have it or we don't. And the growth mindset says that whatever those different things are, they can be developed and improved. On one hand, you read it and it's in you, you learn it and it's intuitively makes complete sense. What are ways that people go about changing the mindset? Is it hard to change the mindset? Is it just a matter of remembering to, to go, oh, wait, that's a, I'm thinking in a fixed mindset. Let me switch back to a growth mindset. Um, what are the ways that people can apply this more in their own life?
1: That's a great question. The first thing I think people need to do is... Um, acknowledge the growth, excuse me, acknowledge the fixed mindset in all of us. We're all a mixture. It's not, um, shouldn't be shameful to have a fixed mindset. It's part of who we are, we have um, both. So start paying attention to that fixed mindset voice in your head when it says, you're not good at this, or, Don't try this hard thing. You'll humiliate yourself. Or, oh, it's better to think you could be good at it than to actually find out that you're not. Or, or I'll never be as good as that person who has the natural talent. Listen to those things just for a week or so or two. Accept them. Just acknowledge that they're there. And then after a while start talking back to them with a growth mindset. That hard thing, I can get better at it. Even though I tried it once and I failed, I'll try it again in a different way. That person who's better than me, maybe they can mentor me, maybe they've had more experience, maybe they have great tips for me. That setback doesn't mean I'm no good, It means I just have to find other ways to go about it. So start talking back. And finally, recognize that you have a choice. You have a choice to live in a fixed world that limits your accomplishments, your growth, or to live in this world where anything is possible.
3: So I know that we all can have a fixed or growth mindset in different areas of our lives. So I may have a fixed mindset around, you know, my ability to uh, be athletic, but have a growth mindset around my intelligence. So we, we can have these in different areas of our lives. It seems like we can also have a fixed in, and a growth mindset around the same thing. The example I'll give, and you just used it just a second ago, mm-hmm. is musical ability. Mm -hmm. So I started playing guitar sometime around the time my friend Chris started playing the guitar, the guy who's here uh, doing the show. And what's interesting is just how incredibly naturally that came to him and just in a very different way. And so, but I've, I persisted and kept learning and playing and working at it. And yet there's still a real distinct difference there Mm -hmm. in, in talent. And what I, what I think is interesting is... I seem to have a little of both and I sometimes wonder though I was thinking about this today in preparation for the interview and I realized that where the fixed mindset gets me in trouble in that in in music in particular is that if something got difficult I just would sort of give up on trying to learn something difficult and move on to something else that I was able to do and I realized like wait a minute that is a um that's where the fixed mindset was holding me back in that area
1: Yeah You can have sort of both in one area because a growth mindset actually doesn't deny that people can differ in their talent and how easily skills might come to them. But as you point out, your fixed mindset about it held you back further, Mm -hmm. maybe kept you from growing in ways you could have grown. The growth mindset only promises that you'll get better, not that you'll overtake someone else. But at the same time, it shifts your focus. Maybe he'll always pick up techniques more easily than you, Um, but maybe you can invent some techniques, or maybe you have a distinctive style that is your unique contribution to playing guitar uh, maybe you have a, a way of doing it that is original, that um, may be really important and may set you apart. So it's not just how quickly someone learns. There are a lot of other um, facets of becoming good at something.
3: I've invented the strangled cat uh, oh, guitar, guitar sound.
1: Wonderful. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it.
3: <laughs> The other part of that, there's a couple of things I've heard you say. One is, like you said, the, the the growth mindset doesn't mean that you are like, well, you know, if anybody has a growth mindset, they can play basketball like Michael Jordan. But what I did find really interesting about what you said, though, is that the growth mindset says that we don't know. We can't know how far we go with it or where it goes. Mm-hmm. And so that it's that um, it's not necessarily stating affirmatively like I can do anything with this, but it is a, you know, I can grow and I don't know how far. And I, and I really like what you said there about that bringing your unique contribution to it, because we talk about comparison on the show a lot. Um, you know, I just it's something I'm interested in. And, and I realized how often that just by being who we are, we bring something very different than what anybody else can bring to yeah. certain things. And that that it's not always a better there's not necessarily in a lot of these things a better or a worse or some etched in stone you know scale of one to ten on a lot of this stuff particularly when you get into anything that is slightly artistic or intellectual or there's just different
2: Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: But We Loved is a new podcast about queer history coming May 15th. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, your host. Growing up, I thought being gay was the worst thing I could ever be. The gay history I learned was tragic.
2: Jerry had died of AIDS,
1: and it's like, what is happening? It was survival. That's why it's called survival
4: sex. But as I interviewed queer elders, I realized there was another history that I had never been taught, a history of courage and perseverance. learning to love and embrace yourself. From iHeart Podcasts, I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and this is But We Loved. Listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: So just to reiterate that important point of when you throw yourself into something deeply and passionately, you have no idea how good you could become. And one of the amazing things I learned as I was writing my book, Mindset, was how many people who became great in their fields were pretty awful <laughs> when they started out. And if they had compared themselves to other people and said, oh, I'm just not as talented as that one they would have stopped. Yep. But instead, they really developed that unique thing that they had to contribute.
3: You point out that there, you know, people who have these mindsets, you'll see them behave differently in certain circumstances. And one that I thought was really interesting is that people who have a fixed mindset feel threatened by the success of others, but even to put it a little bit more specifically, they are not inspired by role models, they can yeah. be very much discouraged by role yeah. models. Um, whereas a growth mindset, you can be inspired and and see how you can get there. And I think, Ira Glass had this really interesting thing online about creativity, and he talks about how the challenge for a lot of people is, you get into this thing because you have an appreciation for you know, this type of art, you can hear it, or you can see it, or, Mm
4: -hmm.
3: but you have no ability to do it at that moment, right? Right. And you're, you're cognizant of that gap. And if you're cognizant of the gap in a way of like, yes, there's a gap, and I'm going to slowly work my way through it, Mm -hmm. versus there's a gap, because I'm just not any good.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So people in a growth mindset who believe they can get better, Will look at someone who is better and say, all right, I can go from here to there. Maybe they can mentor me. Maybe they can inspire me. But people in a fixed mindset just see that gap. That's a person who's more talented than I am. I'll never get there
3: have you done much looking into how this applies to personality traits or what we would define as a personality trait? So for example, um, I'm a person who's, ang- you know, I have anger issues. Um, mm-hmm. does, does this apply in the same way? Do we find, do, you, do you, does the research show that those sort of things are as malleable perhaps as, um, intelligence or other abilities?
1: We have a whole program of research on whether people think personality is fixed or can change. And we find that when people feel personality is fixed, um, they respond poorly to social setbacks, seeing it as measuring them. Uh, Whereas when they think it can be developed, um, and this is work uh, our work and other people's work, when they think it can be developed, they keep going, they keep trying, they put themselves in challenging social situations to learn from them. But some of the most uh, even more interesting work was done um, with and by my former student David Yeager, showing that adolescents who have a fixed mindset about their personality, Show a lot more aggression and retaliation when they are excluded or picked on because they think, Oh, you're making me feel like a loser. I hate you. I want to get back at you. But the kids who feel, No, I can change. You can change. You know, we're all struggling with this thing called adolescence. Uh, They don't react that way. They understand that uh, they're not happy someone excluded them or picked on them, but they understand this is a kind of a temporary thing that they're growing, people are growing, and uh, they're much more prosocial as a result. Plus, Jaeger um, has found that when you teach adolescents a growth mindset about their personality, not only do they become less aggressive, they're less likely to get depressed over that transition to high school when, uh, we know depression escalates.
3: Yeah. And so when you say we, when we teach the, the, the mindset, the growth mindset to, to kids, is there, what is it that and I guess it gets back to my earlier question about what do we need to know in order to apply this is it basically these things we've talked about that there's a fixed or, or a growth mindset and recognizing what the traits are so for example you know with the growth mindset you'll you'll see effort as a positive thing um, you just lear- you just you hear that and you work to internalize it and that you'll <laughs> lear- you know you can learn from criticism is that is that what teaching it means or is there some when, we, when you talk about, you know, in a lot of these studies that, you know, once you teach the growth mindset to these yeah. children, the, 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 the change is dramatic. What is the extent of that teaching? Is it really like, you know, an hour exposure to these ideas or what does that look like?
1: Uh, we teach them that every time when we teach the growth mindset about intelligence, we teach them that every time they take on a hard, challenging task, and stick to it the neurons in their brain form new stronger connections and they get smarter. We teach them that if they take on a really hard math problem and stick to it, they're growing their math brain and we show them how to apply that to their schoolwork. When we teach them a growth mindset about personality, first we teach them what I just said. And then on top of that, we say, well, it's true about your personality too. Those are just thoughts and feelings that live in your brain, and they can be changed too. It may not be easy. It may not be immediate. But everybody has the potential to grow and and change. And again, then we show them how that can be applied in their daily interactions
3: I think since I've been preparing for this interview for a while, we were originally going to have it uh earlier and I had to had to reschedule it so I've had this idea in my mind a lot lately, and I've noticed it with a lot of people that I've been working with this um the personality side of it, things like I'm the kind of person who just always procrastinates
1: Uh.
3: or I'm the kind of, you know, I'm a person who starts things and never finishes. And, (laughs) and I recognize that like, you know, and we, we start talking about that. But what was funny was I don't remember how long uh, periodically, you know, someone would be like, Oh, you gotta go take this personality test or whatever, whether it be Myers Briggs or different things. And, and I did one, I don't remember how long ago it was, but I was going through it and I, I realized I was answering some questions in a way that described me 20 years ago. Ah. So, so I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict. So I'd always describe myself as impulsive and undisciplined. Mm. And when I, I, and I started to fill those out, like I always and I stopped and I went, well, wait a minute, that does not describe my behavior Mm -hmm. really in any way, shape or form in the last decade. Yeah. But yet I would still if you asked me would have said, well, I'm an impulsive person. Um, And I was just struck by that, how even knowing all that, it's still, you know, knowing all this stuff, how, how those things tend to sort of still be there. And so I've just been thinking a lot more about that idea of not identifying so strongly with particular traits that we've had before and recognize like, um, you can really make dramatic change.
1: It's so powerful, once you put a fixed label on yourself, it's so powerful, it's like a prison. Right. You don't think you can break out of that, it dogs you.
3: I wanted to talk about growth mindset and fixed mindset in how we handle criticism and communication can mm-hmm. you can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Absolutely. Research has shown that when people are in a fixed mindset, whether it be uh, they're doing a task um, or they're uh, in a relationship and there's a, a disagreement they're in a negotiation there's a disagreement. When you're in a fixed mindset, criticism labels you. It's like a failure. Students in a fixed mindset cringe when they get red marks on their paper. They don't say, oh boy, now I can make it better. In a relationship, if there's a disagreement, you're fighting for your life. (laughs) You don't want to be the loser who was wrong. But in a growth mindset, you realize that things can only get better uh, when you get good feedback, boy, that's helpful. That's going to help you in the future. In a relationship, people in a growth mindset understand the relationship can grow from airing.
2: To... Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends, It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Agreements, honestly. In a negotiation, it's been shown people in a growth mindset seek solutions that Um, create a better outcome for everybody. It's not my win is your loss and your win is my loss. So the criticism, feedback, failure, disagreement is catastrophic in a fixed mindset, but is a stepping stone often to better things in a growth mindset.
3: Yeah, when I read that, and I kind of was thinking along the lines of what you were just describing with with relationships where from a fixed mindset it's the the defense level is immediately so high on anything that anyone says whether it be um, even just the the slightest twinge of like you said feedback or mm-hmm. or criticism it's like <laughs> the level of um, and I'm you know I I don't know anybody like this, of course. Um, of course, of course <laughs> who who might uh, react this way? No. But but it's all of a sudden the level of defensiveness is so high, and once that level of defensiveness gets triggered, mm-hmm. then you know the level of emotionality jumps, and then yeah. that whole idea of you know at least that I I've noticed is sort of you know I call it sort of regressing, right? When you yeah. when you're stressed or emotional, you're regressing even further, yeah. And all that happens just. Lickety split right i mean it's yeah. it's almost and uh the we had Lewis Howes on the show who's the first person I think who showed me your book, and uh you know he talked a lot about that this idea of in a in a communication with another person really taking what they're saying as feedback like okay mm-hmm. what's working here and what's not not yeah. so much like which is is hard to do, but I think what it's this idea of of remembering to try and go into the growth mindset. Do you find that you learn this concept, but that it's something you need to be reminded of all the time?
1: You absolutely need to be reminded of it. It's not that you learn it and you're set for life. You keep slipping back and you've got to notice when that's happening. And also, as you were saying, it's almost reflexive sometimes. A growth mindset legacy, um, uh, a fixed mindset legacy to become uh, uh, fall into a defensive mode. My husband and I had to invent a third party named Maurice. Um, <laughs> so that when we had a, when we disagreed about something or something went wrong, immediately we said, okay, it's Maurice's fault. Now we can talk about it. We don't have to play the blame
3: game. Right, right. Well, Carol, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been a great conversation. The book has been, um, You know, it's just such a really simple but powerful idea that that can make so many changes.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, This was such a pleasure.
3: Okay, well, take care and we will uh, we'll talk again soon. Yes. All right. Bye. Bye.
0: You can learn more about Carol Estweck and this podcast at oneufeed.net slash Carol.